Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Breaking news to start things uh, here for you today. On a day, we're going to welcome in uh, Larry Williford, Farmville Central basketball coach. Kind of uh, have a little extended sit-down with him, talk about his program. Do we have the breaking news sounder, Ben, or I spring that on you too quick? All right, Ben Byron, ladies and gentlemen, here he is, breaking news sounder. Breaking. This just in. Breaking news. This is a special report on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Here's Patrick Johnson. Carolina Panthers and offensive tackle Taylor Moten agreed to a mammoth four-year, $72 million extension that includes $43 million guaranteed. Taylor, can I hold a five? Can I hold a, a Benjamin? Good grief. He was a little greedy. He was holding out for a while there. I don't think he'll lend you a dime. No. Uh, The team announced as a multi-year extension, and it is ahead of the deadline for franchise players to sign extensions. Moten became the fourth of the 10 players to receive franchise tag this year to reach a uh, long-term agreement. I think I might have added or omitted a word in that, but Dak Prescott is one. Uh, Leonard Williams, the lineman, defensive lineman with the Giants is one. And then uh, the guy with the Broncos, Simmons, wasn't it? Justin Simmons? Safety, yep. Yep. So uh, there you go. Moten, the starting right tackle. He's been in the lineup every game for the Panthers for the last three years. His new deal averages $18 million per season. And he now in Philly's Lane Johnson. Our uh, second among NFL right tackles at sixth overall among offensive linemen, I guess, in average salary. So there you go. How do you feel about this as a Carolina? First, we say hello to Ben Byram, producing uh, today's show. Hey, Ben. Well, Jim Zoki on uh, this big Panthers Newsday. And I thought we were just going to talk about Cam for the first segment. <laughs> what, do you, um, what, do you, what do you make of this as a Panthers fan, as a Carolina Panthers diehard? As the guy who hosts our Carolina Panthers on the Prowl podcast, on the Prowl. 943thegame.com, you can download it uh, each week. Yep. What day do you guys post that? Thursday, so we just uploaded one earlier today. There so you go. Every, every Thursday, you can uh, get a new edition of that. What do you think of uh, What do you think of that there, Ben? I think it was a good move. The money can be a little bit concerning because this potentially Ooh. could be a move a that could money. set you back years, but... Uh, it's kind of encouraging to see the team finally kind of put some money towards an offensive line and its homegrown talent. I think it's very encouraging. What concerns me a little bit is that during training camp, they've actually had him playing more snaps at left tackle. And I'm not saying he's a bad left tackle, but he ain't a great left tackle either. And they got Christian playing at right. I kind of believe you just need to. Wait a minute. It doesn't that fly in the face of what they were doing? Wasn't Christian drafted to be the left tackle? Well, apparently they had him ranked as the best or second best available right tackle in their draft. So they see him more as a right tackle. That's why Moten wanted all that money. If I guess so. If you're going to make me play left tackle, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to get more money. He's a he's an all he can potentially be well no, he already kind of is an all-pro caliber yeah, no, type absolutely. right tackle 
why not just keep them there? I don't 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 broke what ain't fixed, in my opinion. But so that's the that's some of the big news uh, today uh, happening, and uh, I'll put that on social while we're discussing this uh, too, Ben. By the way, but uh, it's a big big set of happening uh, for the uh, Panthers, and uh, we'll see how this, uh, as you say, offensive line has been an area of concern, to say the least. Panthers are at least investing in that. And I did not realize they were moving some at left tackle. I'd not started my deep dive into the Panthers preseason as of yet, but boy, that is, uh, that is kind of interesting. Yeah. And then if that's the case, it's maybe a little more understandable why he wanted something that was a little more long-term, a little more secure. And again, 43 million in guaranteed uh, money. Uh, that's, that's pretty big. So that, uh, certainly creates, uh, something for the Panthers uh, there as far as uh, some stability along the offensive line. Uh, How did uh, our guy uh, HV3 do today in the uh, open? I, it seems like I've seen everybody score but him. Lefty blew up. Lefty went plus eight. We have a few level par. That's what they say over there on the broadcast, level par. I love that. Course, I'm not a fan of that course. That is a, I, I think it's a terrible course over there, the British Open. Well, I'll say this, Ben. It's a lot greener and more lush than those because it's gotten a lot of rain. They got a month's worth of rain in a couple days. It almost did not look like a a British Open course. It was so green. It was almost fluorescent. It was so green. But um, I do believe personally that the course, the weather looks like it's going to be pretty good. The wind's going to – so the guys that went low today, and if they can duplicate that and, and go pretty low tomorrow, then they're going to have a chance because that, that, that thing is going to dry out and it is going to quicken up. The, the fairways are going to get harder uh, and drier, and uh, the greens will get a little harder too, and you'll start to see colors other than fluorescent green uh, that will show up. Um, HV3, even for the day? Even so far, even overall. I think that's a good round. He, Not bad at all. He got out this morning. You know, probably if you're going to make a move, you needed to go low in the morning wave where he was. But well, let's think about that. He went off seven local time, right? Yep. It would have been like six. So he went out around noon. Somewhere around there. Yeah, he went out around noon. Yep. Um, so he probably caught the tail end of the yeah. the wind picking up because I know the wind really had picked up. I mean, there's there's still guys even on the course now because of all the hours of daylight this time of year. Uh, in England, but I, I, I really do believe that even he's, he's got a great chance to make the cut and then he's got a great chance to, you know, make some money this weekend, quite obviously. Just win it, Harold. Just win it. I, I think he will have a hard time from even winning it. I think you had, yeah. I think you had to go low because, you know, sometimes the, I mean, look, the conditions can change in a matter of 15 minutes over there. Weather's terrible over there. Well, it's just, all it's the a crapshoot yeah. as far as the weather goes. So, you know, my idea on that would be Harold's probably in a great position as far as making the cut, but you had to go at least two under, three under today to have a shot. Now, those guys that went out in the morning wave that shot really well, Louis Usain leading the whole thing, they go out tomorrow and have a Phil Mickelson round because of the weather. You just you just don't know. Spieth up there. Yeah, Jordan Spieth played real well. He's, so uh, where Webb's, where's Webb Simpson from today? Because he's four under, uh, Todd for He's Raleigh's right Webb Simpson. The Triangle okay. Sports Media right. call him Raleigh's uh, Webb Simpson today because of uh, the fact that he's four under, and he's in he's in the top, whatever. He's a couple shots off the lead or a shot off the lead. 
Uh, we've also got, um, well, I tell you, all they do is win at Greenville Little League, isn't it? We got a winner in today with Larry Williford, and all Farmville basketball does is win, but boy, all Larry Williford does is win games. Dynasty's about all over the county. Gosh, we do, don't we? Congratulations to the Tar Heel Little League 8-10 uh, to 10 year old North Carolina State Championship team. They beat Myers Park Trinity Little League over in Wilson. Hammered them 12-3 last night. Uh, because of the COVID, that's it. That's uh, where it's going to be. There's no uh, state or no tournament beyond the state tournament. But congratulations uh, to those uh, p- players and to those uh, the manager and the coaches. They won uh, that tonight. Uh, Tar Heel Little League, 12-year-olds will be playing for Greenville's third Little League state championship in 2021. Call us title town. Uh-huh. Move out, move out of the way, Boston. We're title town now. They're going to face Winston-Salem National Little League All-Stars in Charlotte tonight at 7. If you go to 94.3thegame.com or uh, our Facebook page, we've got uh, that posted, including a link to where you can watch the game live to, at 7 tonight. Uh, by the way, this Tar Heel uh, 12-year-old, uh, 10- to 12-year-old team undefeated in the tournament. So uh, they have a loss to give in the double elimination format. Of course, I asked our guy Scooter what you know all of this meant. Were they playing beyond uh, this? So Scooter and I had a dialogue today, and we I, I wanted to get Scooter on, but we just kind of ran out of time. We'll maybe get Scooter on for a preview of Greenville wins. But uh, if Greenville's 12-under uh, team wins tonight, against Winston-Salem out in Charlotte, they'll advance to the Little League Baseball Southeast Regional in Warner Robins. That's the one that always winds up in uh, Pennsylvania. And uh, if the Tar Heel All-Star team loses tonight, they will have to play a winner-take-all tomorrow at 7. So they do have that loss to still play with. Uh, but uh, just go ahead and win at night, then they're on to Warner Robins, Georgia, for the uh, regional and to try to be the South team in the Little League World Series. And Greenville's done that a time or two, as we know. So that's what's happening there. Lots of big news uh, happening as well surrounding uh, ECU. Uh, A new assistant baseball coach has been hired. Ben will tell you more about him coming up in a little bit. He comes from a uh, championship-level program. Uh, Of course, uh, Austin Knight was named the pitching coach last week, so this coach will fill the Austin Knight slot on Cliff Godwin's coaching staff. Uh, Seth Cadell signing an unrestricted free agent, non-drafted free agent, I should say, uh, with the Cleveland Indians, so uh, another Pirate player headed to the pros. Look, if anybody's going to have a shot to make it as the undrafted free agent, i got to say it's Seth Cadell because he's as tough-as-nails guy. Uh, he's got a great work ethic. Power. Showed some power this year. And look, if you're a catcher that can hit for power, there's always going to be a spot for you in professional baseball. And uh, it just will be a case of, you know, obviously, like it is for all these guys. Mike Piazza, baby. Well, I mean, especially if you're a left-handed hitting catcher that can hit for power or just a left-handed hitting catcher, you're going to have a spot in in Major League Baseball. Uh, For Seth, again, he can hit with power. He proved this year that he, you know, could hit a little more on average, cut down on the strikeouts a little bit. But he's a guy that now that he'll be doing this for a living, I think you'll see continue to blossom. And if you're a catcher that has a little bit of pop in your bat, you've got a chance to to make your way up an organizational ladder. And, you know, Cleveland's regarded still as one of the better organizations in baseball. Uh, so congrats to uh, Seth Cadell for uh, 
making it with the Indians as a, a free agent. All right, uh, we'll grab a break. Larry Williford's uh, in the house, so we want to get to him. Ben will have an update on everything we just talked about in case you missed this uh, quick opening monologue here. But at 12 after, we'll grab a, a break. Larry Williford on the other side. It is uh, the Patrick Johnson Show on a Thursday. And Pirates. Oh, there. Panthers. Good, baby. Very good. The P-Man. This is Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. My part-time service in the Army National Guard makes it possible for me to be more for the community I call home. My training helps me at work when I lead by example. My service in the Army National Guard allows me to keep my community and those I care about safe from threats. Learn more about how you, too, can live and serve part-time close to home by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the North Carolina Army National Guard. Aired by the North Carolina Association of Broadcasters and this station. What's happening? Log on to our new website, 943thegame.com, for PJ Shot Podcasts and the latest news on the Pirates. This is happening. Now, back to Patrick Johnson on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. I went locker room that night. Pitt County won three state titles during this uh, past academic year. Of course, we had uh, RV in the other day. Uh, Coach Gilligan, we've talked to her a couple times uh, after the volleyball, before and after the volleyball for Conley. And, of course, Farmville and basketball won a uh, state championship. We talked to Larry Williford usually before the game, and then just I, I don't know what it is. We don't ever get a chance to talk to him after the game that much. I know we covered it on radio. Our guys were excited to do that. Uh, so now we kind of got, you know, things are a little bit slower. Hotter, but slower, we got Larry Williford in the studio here to uh, talk about uh, kind of what Farmville basketball has done the last few years and some other things I want to ask him about his program and all that. Good to see you, Coach. Good to see you. Thank, Thank you, you for me. coming all the way over here from uh, from the big from the big farm to uh, to Greenville. I, not, I appreciate you doing that. Not a bad drive. Yeah. Uh, you also have, and we had Webb Wellman on, uh, Hoop State has uh, kind of a uh, behind-the-scenes chronicle of your season. From the regular season through the championship run, that's available uh, through hoopstate.com and also uh, available uh, on YouTube. Ben, I know, has watched it on YouTube and was really uh, impressed with it. So, uh, and, and what I've seen, I'm not seeing the whole thing all the way through, but the clips I've seen on YouTube, it's, it's pretty awesome. Did that take some arm twisting to get you to agree to do that? You know, when he approached me, I didn't know Webb other than I. I knew him through like you know just through basketball right, and, yeah. and he'd always done quality work and i knew the who he was with before ball is life which is huge um you know when he when he left there to start his own thing with hoop state you know i, I trusted him you know we sat down and he looked me in the eye and said i had nothing to worry about because uh, it was they were there a lot, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot. so you know they get to see the good the bad and the ugly right that's the thing I think that I was real impressed. It, it, it's just not you rolled the ball out and these guys, you know, scored 113 every game. Even though that's they, they did that the last couple of games, but you know, it does I think give a really good representation of the amount of work, just the kind of, of stuff that you know coaches are dealing with, the players are dealing with, just the everyday life in and around, you know, trying to pursue a state championship. You know, pre-practice film 
film session, uh, getting off the bus, getting on the bus, <laughs> in the locker room. Uh, what in a COVID year? Yeah, and our, and our guys did an outstanding job. They they started covering us last year when the playoff run right, started. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a little quirky, uh, but I think it was a great precursor to this coming up season because the guys were used to it then. Mm-hmm. They tried to keep the same film guy there um, every day. So there was some familiar, familiarity between right. everybody. And, and there was a few times, you know, only maybe once or twice. I, I like I think last year in the regionals when we were playing South Granville. Going, great game, by the way. One yeah. of the great, truly, I mean, that – for all intents and purposes, was the state championship game. I think in a lot of people's mind, and, and in some ways, kind of ended up being the state championship yeah. game. That was the only time I took my mic off. I took my mic off before I went in the locker room that night at yeah. halftime. Right? Yeah, is I just we had to like we had to have it come to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but you, th- I mean, this is how you coached. That you weren't doing anything for the camera, mugging for the camera. Or I mean, this is yeah. That's did you did you as it gets? Did you rethink that maybe I need to dial back how I normally handle things, or not really? It was a few nights I went home and I said, wow, you know, if I thought back about it. But I, I tell you, I had uh, I had the utmost trust in, in Webb and his ability right. to to paint the picture the accurate way uh, of what it was. And, you know, luckily I've been so blessed being at Farmville and the guys that I've been able to coach and having a staff where we've had – carryover where you know my assistant coach has been with me the entire 21 years right now my other assistant coaches are former players everyone's on the same page uh the guys want to be coached hard right it, it's there's no uh is that a misconception larry that, that these guys i don't want to say they're because no they're not soft they're great athletes but you know the, the this generation of guys and even up into the nba maybe have they've had it a little differently than than the guys of the previous generation so you hear the term pampered or, or that kind of thing thrown around. Is that an accurate portrayal, or do these guys really want to be coached in your mind? I think once they they have your trust, you know, you yeah. have to you have to earn their their respect, their trust. Uh, luckily, our program is that where, where it's now is that when they come in, it, we, you're almost automatically getting it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know the cell phone age is, is much different than it was 15, 20 years ago. I mean, we have the box of concentration where you walk in and you know i put on the clock and two minutes cell phones go up in a in a, in a padded briefcase they get locked <laughs> down and they get them at the end of practice yeah uh because that that way we have their undivided attention right and you know it gets to the point where i don't even have to say anything about it. this phone's already in the box two right. or three minutes for that horn's going to sound right uh the a, cell phone is a huge huge deal for a high school student yeah uh, Larry Williford with us. Farmville Centrals won a lot of state titles there three in a row. I uh, had had some great players. We're going to talk about uh, some of that as well. Well, we kind of started down that path with the guy with the cameras around. You said the guys were kind of used to that after the uh, the, the year before. So, but you didn't get any sense that they were mugging for the camera or anything like that. I guess it was no. Actually, we had become you know buddies with with the guy who was right, doing a lot yeah. of the film, and he was a younger guy. Yeah. Um, there towards the end when they were having to be at multiple places at a time we, we were getting different film guys in but they were so used to it and a lot of times i hid the mic where they could they could never right, see it like right. yeah um i wasn't like wearing it on like right where everyone the world you you would have to like pull my shirt down to see where the mic was right. because i didn't want it was like a lapel mic like you'll see tv newscasters yeah and i took it and i tucked it in yeah 
so sometimes it might have been muffled. It was just I wasn't going to run around practice and look like I was on some TV game show. Right. Um, <laughs> right. I want you know if we were going to do this, we were going to do it right, and it was going to be a true portrayal of everyday life of what it's like to be a former Central Jaguar basketball player. Um, you obviously have had some great players here recently. Great. And that, that helps things. But do you have to coach the team a little different when you have that much talent on, on the roster? Every team, regardless, when you look at the record, you're going to have the same problems. Now, winning, winning cures a lot of things. Right. But at the end of the day, the, the great thing about basketball is there's one ball and there's five guys. And basketball will bring out your true character. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was, I was going to ask you about that. How do you – How do you? It, there is one ball. Yet you manage to score 110, 113, so obviously they're sharing it enough. And that Look, that's not easy to do in a, what, 36-minute game? I mean, that's, that's impossible to do, quite frankly. But how do you deal with that part of it? Well, you get them to buy into playing fast. And the first thing is you get them buying into playing defense. Yeah. You know, defense is the the end all for everything that we try to do. Um, is once they bought in on the defensive end of the floor and transition defense and getting back, which is the hardest thing to get high school kids to do, and taking charges and doing all the little things, diving on the floor, which is those things happen in practice. Yeah. If you're not diving on the floor in practice and you're not taking charges in practice, you're never ever going to do it in a game. Right. And you know, if there's a ball on the floor and people don't die for it, you, you blow the whistle and you run. Yeah. And and or, or you do other things that they don't like to do, and eventually you don't have to blow the whistle no more. You know, right. There's three or four guys diving on the floor, um, but when you play fast, and, and I'm talking just strictly from Farmville Central, how we try to play that. Everyone's going to get their touches, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just, the, it's going. Nature's going to take its course with the basketball, right? Yeah. You're going, you're going to get the basketball if you play as fast and as hard as we want you to, right? Eventually, some, if you're running the floor, eventually somebody's going to find you. Yes, kind of how it works. Yeah. Uh, Larry Williford with us, Farmville Central coach. It's great to have him in uh, with us here today uh, to uh, to talk about that. And a chance for things to kind of slow down because he's also the AD over at. Uh, so he's got a lot of things on his uh, plate over there. Uh, Terquavion Smith, obviously. Uh, and, and I did not see Breon pass play basketball, but I did the state championship game where he played football. And he could have gone anywhere in the country he wanted and played football. So the thing that, that strikes me about these two guys going to NC State is, boy, NC State just got two of the best players in the state. But they also pass, I think was last week named the athlete of the year in the state. Uh, Terquavion played football, if I'm not mistaken. He did. So, I mean, there. do you like that, though, that kind of guys play multiple sports? I tell every, every, every student, whether they play basketball for me or not, you get one chance to go through high school. Yeah. You do not want to be my age and say, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Right. So, yeah. so play everything you can play. Yeah. You know, if you play football, basketball, baseball, cross country, golf, whatever. Right. Um, I'm not one of those guys. I'm not going to hold you back. I'm going to be there cheering for you on the side. Yeah. Well, and in school, Farmville size, you got to have guys that play multiple and, yes. and girls that play multiple sports. And I so. played multiple sports. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's you, you. You become a lot more coachable when you when, when you're when you're around a lot of different coaches, mm-hmm. um, and you, you get tougher. You know, there's a toughness aspect of it as well. Um, so, I would like to think that guys are a lot tougher when they leave our basketball program. Um, hopefully, better basketball players, but 
you know, better young men and, and hopefully a lot more mentally tough than when they yeah. started. Well, what I was getting to with your question, I mean, boy, what a coup for Kevin Keats <laughs> to get those two guys in, in your same recruiting class and your two big rivals down the road. One's, one of the coaches is retired. The other one's on his uh, last lap before retirement. So, uh, you know, that – Turquavion could really be a part of something pretty big, potentially. Yeah, I mean, when he, when they offered him, you know, he, he was not rated. Mm-hmm. Um, we had went to their team camp, and I had told one of their assistants, Thomas Carr, uh, who's now the director of Team Loaded, a big-time AAU program sponsored by Adidas, but he was there at the time. Mm-hmm. And, and I told Thomas, I was like, man, this, this kid can play. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he came to our first two games. Then he was at our third game. And then by the fourth or fifth game, you know, the whole staff was there watching. Right. And here is Tequavion, 14, 15 year old, skinny little guy. Right. Just got him mesmerized. Yeah. Um, just a special, special talent. That Granville Central guy, because I don't think I've ever had a chance to talk to you about that, uh, or South Granville uh, game, uh, was I remember watching uh, a little bit of it on the stream. And I remember. Um, uh, we had a guy. Ben, you might have been there. Yeah, Ben was there. Trent McGee was there, and they were both guys. Separate conversations with them raved about it. it was It was one of the best just basketball games they had ever seen. Uh, I mean, that was a pretty high level game. They were they were talented. One yeah, they five, really were. They, all five guys could shoot the basketball. Um, they had guys playing above the rim. Obviously, they had you know Bobby Pettiford, who's now at Kansas. Just great. I mean, I think Pettiford. No offense to Draquavion or Breon, but I mean, to me, he's one of the best I've ever seen in person. He's he's amazing. He really is. Yeah, he, I mean, his lower body's built like a tank. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we had guy and and we, you know, that that team there was all five guys that started that night are going to be playing college basketball. Right. You know, Justin at North Carolina Central, uh, Daquavis went to Tusculum, Samaj went to Winston Salem State. <laughs> Uh, Leonte signed with Brunswick Community College and Turquavion going to NC State. They matched us. And uh, yeah. it was a fun game. They wanted to play fast. We played fast. It was very physical. Uh, you know, I don't think either team, it was our worst shooting night of yeah. the year. Yeah. Um, but they probably had a lot to do with it, I yeah. imagine, too. Yeah. And he, we, I think we were so hyped. You know, 8,000 people in Menji's, you know, sold out. I mean, it was. I tell people when when they talk about what kind of environment Minji's Coliseum can be, like you can't like we played in the Dean Dome, we played at Reynolds. Yeah, Minji's Coliseum when it's sold out, they cannot hear you call a play out. Yeah, on the floor. Yeah, and and I'm, I'm, we're going to talk a little bit about that because you coached in Minji's prior to to with Farmville. Uh, Larry Williford's with us here. Uh, we're, we're talking with the coach of the Farmville Central Jaguars, Larry Williford, joining us here today on the Patrick Johnson Show. Uh, great to have Coach here in the uh, studio. Uh, their Hoop State uh, docu series. They call it. I call it a docu series because I'm old. Ben, is that what the kids are calling it? A docu. I'm calling it a docu series uh, of the uh, season for the Farmville uh, Central Jaguars. Uh, available hoopstate.com and on uh, YouTube. Uh, is there a challenge staying? kind of up on things. I mean, we're, we're not young guys anymore, Larry. I mean, we're, we, you look like you're still 25, but I mean, is there is that a little challenge to kind of stay, I don't say relevant, but just aware. I mean, the phone thing's fascinating because you know, I, th- that's a pretty heady observation there. I mean, that's you know, but I mean, is it, or, or is that maybe getting too much, encroaching too much into these kids' lives? You know, 
at the end of the day, it's about building relationships. Right. Guys trusting you, doing what you say and saying what you do, which I try to do with these guys. So I think it, they know I got their back. Um, they ask for something, you know, it's, it's done. And so when that relationship is, is, is built, all the other stuff's going to take care of itself. Right. You know, uh, talking sports, talking school, talking, you know, whatever's going on in, in, in guys' lives. Uh, you know, we got I got an open door policy in my office. Come mm-hmm. talk. I'm going to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Yeah. And for a lot of the younger guys, the, the ninth graders, tenth graders, you know, it's it's really like a a whole like reversal of the world of what they're used to. Right. Yeah. Everyone kissing their butt. But, uh, right. you know, for better terms. But when they get there, I, I want them to, like, re- respect the program and respect me when they leave. Yeah. Regardless of wh- right. whether, wh- whether they were happy with the situation, you know, if there's a mutual respect that, that, that I was a man of my word to them. Yeah, I got you. Larry Williford uh, in the studio with us today. Uh, stay tuned. We'll have more with Coach after this timeout on the Patrick Johnson Show. Online or on the go, Love it. log on to our brand new website, 943thegame.com. To listen to our top-rated programs throughout the day, you need to tell your smart speaker to stream 94.3 The Game to take us anywhere you are at any time. Just follow me here. We're doing it for the ground. Check out pics from the PJ Show and more. Plus, pics from around Pirate Nation. 94.3 The Game, now on Instagram. Ben Barm here for your 94 through the game sports update from Pirate Baseball catcher Seth Cadell has been picked up by the Cleveland Indians as an undrafted free agent while Bryson World did not get drafted. Coach Godwin was able to confirm that World will return to ECU but did not comment on any, any other players. Meanwhile, Godwin continues to build his staff as he's named David Masias as his new assistant coach. Masias just wrapped up a four-year stint as Vanderbilt's volunteer coach. USA Baseball had their Stars and Stripes game over in Princeton. Certain for the Stars was ECU freshman Carson Wisenhunt. Wisenhunt showed out as he pitched for three innings, striking out four batters and only allowing one hit and a shutout win. For Major League Baseball, Dodgers pitcher Trevor Bowers' administrative leave has been extended by the league until the 27th due to ongoing assault investigations. From the NFL, the Carolina Panthers come to a mammoth agreement with right tackle Taylor Moten. Moten has signed a four-year, $72 million contract that includes $43 million guaranteed just before the deadline. From the British Open Lewis, Athesian is the sole leader at six under after round one. A shot back and tied for second is Jordan Spieth and Brian Harmon. An ECU alum Harold Vernon III didn't have a bad start himself as he finished the day even par. The same can't be said for lefty as Mickelson is in dead last in the event and is not even going to make the cut. He's currently 10 over. From the NBA, Bradley Beal will no longer be on the USA team after entering the health and safety protocols and they will seek a replacement. Another player currently in health and safety protocols but not expected to leave the team is Jeremy Grant. And from the NHLs, we gear up for free agency and the expansion draft. There's multiple headlines sweeping the league. We start at former All-Star defenseman Shea Weber who's expected to miss all of next season because of a lingering thumb, ankle, foot, and knee injuries. Reports indicate that Stars won't protect goalie Ben Bishop. The Buffalo Sabres have weighed former Hurricane Jeff Skinner's no-movement clause and the Florida Panthers buyout defenseman Kevin Yandel's two years, making him a free agent. That's going to do it for your 94-3-to-game sports update. I'm Ben Barm. Now back to the Patrick Johnson Show.
Uh, Coach Williford with us, uh, just to pick up something we were talking about a bit ago, uh, Green Central was the, uh, the, the, I did the regional site for the stream, that, that whole site, so that was one of the four games. My dad got to do my game, or the, your game with me, which was really cool, because uh, he's coached for a number of years, and, and he's done a little bit of broadcast stuff like that, and he, he enjoyed it. But I remember him talking about during the broadcast the two things. You said the environment, obviously, because it was Green Central and it was 8,000 people and it was a sellout. Uh, and it was great to be in Minji's when it was sold out. It had been a while since that had been the case with me in, in the building and with people in the building. But the other thing is, uh, and he talked about this, and I grew up in Kinston. Uh, I mean, he, he brought this up on the broadcast. Farmville's tradition, stack it right up there with Kinston's tradition, really, in a lot of ways. And, and I thought that's kind of an interesting... I'm not trying to put you on the spot or anything, but I mean, if you really look at it, Farmville's got as good a basketball tradition as, as really anybody in this part of the state. I would I would think so. I think if you asked anyone who followed high school basketball, name three or four high school teams, I think we'd be one of those teams. Yeah. You know, I don't know whether it'd be one, two, three, or four, but I think we're going to be somewhere up there at the top of most people's list if, if they've done their homework and, and they've been around and watched basketball over here the last you know 10 to 15 years yeah. and, and another thing i tell people all the time too is the state championships are awesome but going to the playoffs 21 straight years in a row is very difficult not easy not easy at all especially and, at that two-way level because it's it's very competitive in and, basketball and that's one of the things you know, one stat I'm most proud of is that we've, we've done that. We've had consistency because talent comes and goes, but, you know, we've been able to be consistent and, and you know, have a chance to be in the playoffs yeah. every year I've been there. Is that about expectations, though? I mean, older guys teach younger guys. I mean, that's one thing you do kind of, to a degree, have the luxury of. There, there are some high school players that, you know, split and go prep for their final year. But, you know, in, in some cases uh, – you do have seniors. You have guys that have been through it all four years. Yeah, for this year, I mean, we got we got a team of guys that who've never been in the, in the big games. You know, that have not played the big time minutes. And and you know, we had a great summer. Went twelve and one. I'm excited for them because it now is their chance. Our JV team hadn't lost in four years. Some of those guys are just going to touch the court for the first time. You know when it counts in a, right. in a high school basketball game. That's the exciting part about being a high school coach is is the you know the deck gets reshuffled and 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 you play your cards. Yeah. And, you know I've been lucky to have some really good cards. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean even in the years where you haven't had the the can't miss guy going to college necessarily, I, you guys have won a lot of games though and been to the playoffs as you've noted. I mean it, it's not like again. You're rolling the basketball out there every year. I mean, there's there's years where the talent ebbs and flows, but you've coached them up. And that's the thing I have sort of admired about your program for what that is uh, worth coming for me. But I, I just think you do a fine job with that. And as intense, even in, in if you have a, a talent deficiency, as you are if you've got loaded with – I mean, you've coached the same way the whole time. That's that's one thing I'll say when covering your teams over the years. No, and it's, it's playing hard. That's the foundation yeah. for everything, playing as hard as you can play, and that's done in practice. Um, you know, we, we go as, we go really hard. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, and we don't go long. I mean, we're not in there three hours and 90 minutes. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't do a lot of running drills. Everything in our practice is timed. Everything is, is competition-based, and it's, and it's moving as fast as we can move. Yeah. 
you uh, started out. I think the first time I encountered you, you had um, you were you were involved in ECU's basketball program. Now, who I always get this wrong. So, who was it under? Who'd you start with? I know there's a little Bill Harian mix. Is there some Joe Dooley mix? Yeah, there? I was right. actually. Um, so, five cent story. Sean Miller, who was the former head coach of Arizona, mm-hmm. we were pretty good friends. He called coach, told him about me. Back then, you could have one grad assistant in Division One, so it was kind of you know it was, a, it was a big deal to be a GA right then. Uh, and that's long story, you know. That's how the door got open. You yeah. know, Sean made a call on my behalf, and you know at that time it was very intriguing because Joe was the youngest Division One head coach right. in America, um, and it didn't work out long because it was only a year. Because right. you know I tell people we. We got back from the CAA tournament, and the next morning, by you know, we got an office at eight, and by like eight oh five, he had been you know let go. Yeah, that was the Mike Hamrick stroke of genius. And if I'm not mistaken, that team had battled through a lot of. I mean, guys were hurt. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, Steve Branch tore his ACL. Yeah. Avaldis, Josie's was banged up. I mean, we, we they had took a poll at the CAA tournament, and we were. Preseason, we we were picked at the CA tournament to win the league the following next year. year, yeah. And uh, so we we thought we had some things in place. You know, Joe is a hellified recruiter. Um, you know, I think people are going to see here in the next year or two if we can ever get by to any kind of normalcy in, yeah. in Division One college athletics that you know he, he can get out and get guys. Well, look at and the three he's just guys as good he, a coach. Yeah, look at the guys he brought in with the portal. I mean, those are three long, athletic guys that can – two of them can, can score the basketball. So I, I, I do think if – yeah, I mean, Joe's got his quirks. <laughs> he's not a bee's barbecue guy, but, I mean, he's, he's, he's a great basketball guy. And I've always liked Joe a lot. And uh, he's been good to our show. We, we like having him on the uh, show. And uh, like talking bad I – mean, he, he, when he couldn't go to Orlando and was sitting at home, he called us the – night of the game and talk to us before the game so i mean he's, he's a heck of a guy and he is a good guy i mean you know him he, he, oh. he's a heck of a good no, well, great guy what has he got to do though is it the stigma of the program i mean we always hear guys don't ever stay at ecu they leave the backyard and go wherever and i know that's a little bit of a touchy subject maybe but i mean you you obviously have guys that are recruited what what needs to happen i mean is it, is it just that one guy that's going to be the guy, and then we'll see that start to improve a little bit for him. I think they've got to become a better shooting basketball team. Obviously, I think that's what's been addressed in recruiting. Yeah. Uh, but I also think the way with the transfer portal now, if it's going to stay like this, I think it could help East Carolina. Guys uh, coming back. Guys coming. Well, being able to get guys that you probably couldn't have got off the first go around. Right. Yeah. And if it's going to be this transient style of basketball which is where it's going to be for the next couple years unless the NCAA steps in which I don't see them doing it I think on the flip side year two year three once we get get used to this style of recruiting the the transfer portal first you're because East Carolina's never going to get those three guys they got I mean the one guy coming out of high school like like tabs the the guy coming from you know Boston College I mean, he's unbelievable. He can play. <laughs> I mean, he, he averaged 13 a game in the ACC. Yeah. Like, I tell people all the time that, like, come on. <laughs> like, like, they got three high-level guys. Yeah. Um, so, I'm excited. Yeah. They got – and they got – they're getting longer athletes, too. Even the, even the freshmen they brought in are, are these 
six 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 eight six nine guys that can do multiple things as we talked about yesterday. And you got to have that. That's where the game is now. Well, the the average college basketball fan does not understand that that conference is just a sniff away from the ACC SEC level. In the many, American, yeah, the American, and, and and some people might tell you they're right on the same level. Uh, you know, I think it's a tough. I think the guys generally are tougher guys. Tougher guys, and it's and, a tougher guy conference. It's a lot bigger jump than what most people thought it was going to be for football and for basketball. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and as you've seen, yeah, what's happened in both those sports, right? It, they've not had the level of success they had when they were in Conference USA, which I thought was a perfect conference. Yeah, for East yeah. Carolina, in my opinion. Right. So let me ask you this: um, You go from Joe and you go to Bill Herring, who's also. Uh, I think ruined more suits than anybody in the history of, of basketball. Now, so do, I'm not saying you are like those, but I mean you're as intense as those guys are at times. I've seen you. It was that, is that inherent, or did you kind of by osmosis that kind of sunk in a little bit because they were they're pretty t- intense guys during games. Well, you see it every day. I mean, it's it's and and those guys are like that in the film room. They're like that in the recruiting meetings. They're like that. They're attacking every day. Um, you know, I don't know when Joe Dooley sleeps. You know, Bill, Bill <laughs> right. Herrian hardly ever slept. Did not. Uh, no. You know, I mean, there used to have to, be, have to manager on call when we were on road games, and, and he would know that he would get a call from me saying Coach Herrian needed chocolate and, and Diet Cokes right. at 1, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. Right. So we got to the point where we were just packing it. Yeah. Um, you know, the amount of film work, preparation – well, uh, let me ask you this real quick. So, Dooley gets fired. You're the GA. How do you? How do you? How are you? Uh, bridge over to the Harian administration. How'd that? Well, I, was, I was almost finished with my grad work. Um, I was the last one to interview with them. I saw multiple guys go in. Darren Savino, who's now the top assistant yeah. at, at, you know. UCLA, he goes in, meets with him, packs his office, he's gone. Barry Sanderson, um, Wimp Sanderson's son, goes in, meets with him, packs his office. I mean, I see it. I'm the last one to go in, and he, we sit down. Never met the man before in my life. Right. Um, he says, tell me about yourself. I start talking, he stops me about a minute in. Yeah. And I say, here we go. Yeah. In the back of my mind, and he said, let me tell you what you're going to do. Yeah. And – uh the next day we got in the car and we were gone for two weeks he said he wanted to meet everybody i knew in north carolina south carolina virginia wow and uh so but by then i would maybe in the ga i could do that then but then right. i eventually morphed into the director of basketball yeah, operations right, right. got wrote up several times for, for doing more <laughs> than what i should be doing but uh you know hey we're east carolina man we always got to do more uh that's that's awesome stuff it really is it and uh i mean i do i like joe a lot i, I love bill harriet i just to me he was uh, what was great about Bill, um, you know, they give us per, uh, times I'd fill in on radio and go with the team. They give you per diem money. Bill would tell you don't spend it. He'd order extra pizza for you know all the auxiliary people that travel outside. I mean, you're part of the travel party, but you're not necessarily yeah. You can pregame meal yeah, with us absolutely. Um, Cy, Jeff, yeah, all those guys would eat pregame meal with us. Um, but that's the way. I mean, Joe was like that. He was he, he or uh, uh, Bill was like that. Yeah. And, and, and Joe was like you, that as well, yeah, too. They I mean, insisted that you eat, not save that money, that per diem money, you know, spend it on something, but they, they always would invite you in or, or send a pizza up to your room after the game or that kind of thing. So uh, just just wanted to get that plug in there. Um, what's it going to be like? I, I know we've got 
classifications, everybody's reclassified, new conferences. So kind of what's that look like here as we go into the next four years for you guys? I like our conference. I think it's going to be a better basketball conference than what we were in, um, which is exciting. Uh, it's not fun going out, you know, beating teams by 50 and having to run a clock. Uh, <laughs> because because then, then now, right. you know, the game is shortened. And, and you can't score 110 with the game shortened. Come on. I got Larry to crack a smile on that one, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> well, we got to the point where our guys knew that for the first three quarters we were going to go to the script. Right. And then the fourth quarter, if we were running clock, those guys would come out immediately and we were going to play the rest of the guys that right. running clock because it's over. I mean, and those yeah. referees are smart. They know they caught two fouls. It's over. Yeah. And uh, they picked their check up and they're gone. <laughs> uh, so – a lot of times, I I wished we could have held the reins back a little bit and not went but into the running yeah, clock. You can't you can't tell the guys not to play hard. But I think the, the conference we're going into is going to be better. Yeah, you know, top to bottom, and that's no disrespect. So what's the new what's the new conference. conference? Let's run through the new conference real quick. West Craven, right? Aiden Grifton, which is a county rival, North Pitt, Southwest Edgecombe, Washington. Oh yeah, uh, which the guy you know come in, he's done a great job. Oh they, there. yeah, Washington's really good. Um, Aiden Green Center. I'm going through my brain since yeah. meetings around these people. Uh, you know, we, we we lost North Johnston, Bedfield, right. and uh, Nash Central. Okay, um, but a lot closer knit conference. I was going to say you got two county yeah. rivals in there. Yeah, built in rivals. Um, and Washington. Washington. Yeah, I mean, you know, Washington. I think if that guy stays, he <laughs> yeah, he's going to do a good job. I yeah. mean, he's shaking every limb trying to get players over there yeah. uh, which which is good that's what you want to do you want to go against the best um, and prepare you for the playoffs it's good to see you uh, and uh, I, again I, I've always uh, enjoyed talking to you and uh, obviously loved watching you guys win championships the last few years it's always fun when local teams win championships who was the guy the year that near the end of the game at the Dean Dome went under the legs with the dunk McGee and I were doing the radio for that game and he came in. It was near the end of the game, and he goes under his leg with the dunk. And, and I mean, it, you know, radio, you are supposed to obviously kind of – we were silent. We were just stunned silent on oh, radio. I was, I was stunned too. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Taylor, uh, he's actually got another year because of COVID. He's up at a uh, NAI school up in Chicago. Okay. Um, you know, he's, he comes in and works out. That's another great thing about being a farmer was our guys come back and work out. So you, you got college guys working out with high school guys. And, you know, it's – you know, we're all together. Yeah, yeah. You know, my phone rings constantly. Coach, can I get in the gym? Yeah. Um, you know, the other day – You don't we, get to go on vacation because these guys are back in all summer. Well, you <laughs> – well, when you're a teacher, you don't do many vacations anyway. <laughs> As Joe said the other night, I was talking with, with Coach Dooley on the phone, and he said – uh he said, everything's great except probably your paycheck at the end of the month, Larry. I said, you're right, Coach. <laughs> uh, Larry Wilford, great to see you. Thanks for coming by. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Larry Wilford, great to have uh, Coach in and uh, great to uh, kind of break things down with one of your Farmville homies, Ben Byram there. Just good stuff to hear from Coach. He was intense during the interview. We got him to smile a little bit. Build a dynasty over there in the Ville. I never thought I would see it. Yeah. Hey, uh, don't forget, uh, it'll be Greenville Little League tonight playing uh, the uh, 12U team, uh, playing against Myers Park. MPTLL.org is where you can watch the game tonight at 7 o'clock. All right, tomorrow, Ben will be in. 
He'll be guiding you through things. I got some business I got to attend to. We're going to be away next week. Ben will be here with the best of, kind of a hybrid news of the day, topical, but uh, also hit some interviews we've done. We've got some good ones, so uh, a little bit of that for you next week. Uh, it's a regularly kind of scheduled thing we're going to take for the show next week. And uh, then we'll come back with a new season of the Patrick Johnson Show in the uh, last week of July, also into the first week of uh, August. Have no fear if something major happens. I am nearby. Probably even be in the building some. So uh, if there's something we got to jump on for, we will. But uh, you'll be in good hands the next uh, few days with Ben. Because if his shirt game is of uh, any indication, he's bringing it strong to the cup. Uh, for uh, Larry Williford and our guy Ben Byram across the way, uh, the P-Man. Uh, and uh, tomorrow, Ben will be in uh, taking care of things for you here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Have a great evening. Let's be honest. Wheelchairs are heavy, bulky, and ugly. If you carry a wheelchair in your car to take care of a loved one, you know how hard it is getting that clunky, old-style wheelchair in and out of your car. Introducing the Feather Chair Wheelchair. At 13 pounds, it's the world's lightest wheelchair. It folds in seconds and fits neatly in your trunk, backseat, or closet, so you can take it everywhere. And it's only available right here. Order yours today and get a free wheelchair case a $50 value yours free the feather chair the world's lightest wheelchair is just $4.99 with easy payments as low as $16 a month sorry no medicare or insurance accepted so call right now to order yours 800-390-2660 800-390-2660 that's 800-390-2660 Donors choose. Support a classroom. Build a future. Did you know that every year, public school teachers spend nearly $500 of their own money for student supplies? Let's do the math. That comes out to over $1.2 billion a year. And that's just not right. At Donors Choose, we want students and teachers to have the tools they need for a great education. And now, more than ever, they need your help. Here's what you can do. Go to DonorsChoose.org and choose from teachers' requests that support reading, math, science, history, and more. Once a request is funded, we'll take care of shipping everything directly to the teacher. It's that easy. You'll receive thank you letters and photos from students and teachers and a report of how every dollar was spent. Teachers' needs have never been greater. Learn more at DonorsChoose.org. Donors Choose. Support a classroom. Build a future.